Hello, I'm Nate, and you're listening to the CMB Podcast, session number four. Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Yes, right on. Welcome to the fourth edition of the CMB Podcast. I am very excited about this conversation that I had with Will McFarlane. I want to jump right into it, but as usual, I want to make sure that those of you who have not yet picked up your gift for listening, go to freemusicgift.com, pick up your free gift, and uh, I I know you'll find it useful, especially if you're a songwriter. You will be served by that, and um, I do not want to tell you about it. I I am so tempted every time I record this to to share with you what it is because I'm so excited about it, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say go to freemusicgift.com and pick that up. Will McFarlane has uh, been around for a while. If you are a Bonnie Raid fan, then you know who Will McFarlane is. He played with her for six years, played guitar. Um, he's played with several other artists, um, including James Taylor, Elton John, Bobby Blue Band, Little Milton, Etta James. He was um, a part of the Muscle Shoals rhythm section for many years and, in fact, was uh, inducted into the Musicians Hall of Fame with them. And um, if you don't know who they are, the Muscle Shoals rhythm section, basically, if you've heard the song Sweet Home Alabama, they referenced them there. Okay, so do you remember the line? Muscle Shoals, they got the swampers. Okay, that's the Muscle Shoals rhythm section. Little did you know. And they played on everything. Give me the Beat Boys. Free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. The Beat Boys are the Muscle Shoals rhythm section. And um, they played on so many records right out of Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And uh, Will was a part of that. And so anyway, um, here's my conversation with Will McFarlane. It's pretty much unedited. We had a great time. And um, if there's anything you don't understand, I'm sorry. We just had too much fun. Uh, You can email me and ask me about it. All right. Here's my conversation with Will McFarlane on this fourth edition of the CMB Podcast. So here I am with Will McFarland. That's great. <laughs> Thank you for being with me today. Um, I, as we talked just a second ago before we started recording, this is really specifically geared to serving songwriters. So we have folks who are listening to this who have probably never even written a song who are interested in writing. We might have folks who are listening to this, watching this, who um, maybe maybe they've been writing for years and years, but they've never found like any love for it or, or success or whatever. But Having you here with me now is going to really encourage a lot of folks. So thank you, man. Well, that's the intention. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'd like to start by asking you a simple like, kind of question about you and your songwriting. The first song you ever wrote. I don't know if you can remember that or not, but is that something you can remember? Uh, you know, it's I remember writing it, but I don't remember the song. I was 13, and all of us in the band wanted to be original. And, of course, yeah. we were freaking out and loving the Beatles and all this stuff. And I think the first time I ever went above, like, the fourth fret, you know, or something like that, I remember just remembering that if I hit this A chord like that, you know, and I went... No, 
know, and I just vibed out with something like that. Just the, the beautiful two. Or we just yeah. sang something meaningful like, you know, oh, you know, she's pretty and I'm in love and whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a it was a ninth grade band, you know, and um, yeah, but the the bass player in the band, he, he just started writing a bunch of stuff, you know, and and uh, the rhythm guitar player. And so all three of us would get together and we actually tried to be an original band. But, you know, yeah, to play. Yeah a school dance you had to do what was on the radio at the time. Right, right. Doing that thing you do or something like that. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but I remember I remember being drawn to it. Of course, we were already crazy about, you know, the Beatles. We'd seen them on Ed Sullivan and, you know, we we just uh we were just filled with music and so um, That's awesome. Now, I mean, to tell us about your journey as as a writer. I mean, you're obviously you're a fantastic musician. You've played with all kinds of people. Um but at some point, you started to write more seriously. How did that happen for you? I actually think I was a writer before I was a good enough guitar player to make a living. If you really want to know, when I left yeah. home, um, you know, with the guys I'd been in high school bands with, um, we, were, we were trying to be an original band. We, we never wanted to be a cover band. As a matter of fact, when we ever tried being a cover band because we thought we're so broke, we can only work this place and we can make the most money if we learn all these top 40 songs. And like we'd be two yeah. hours into a rehearsal just yelling at each other, just coming <laughs> undone. We're about to break up as a band. You know, we'd come back the next day and do a set of our own stuff and we'd be friends again. And so <laughs> when I when I was the honestly the worst musician in the band. I always felt good, but I didn't know that much. I, I was just trying to be the songwriter lead singer in the band. Mm -hmm. And so I was writing all through high school. I was writing, trying to write hit songs. And of course I never did. I never had a hit. I've had songs covered, you know, and, uh, but, uh, and I've written hundreds of songs. And as I said, some of them have been covered. Some of them were used in movie things. Yeah, I, I have a cut here and there. Mm -hmm. Roger McGuinn and, you know, Hillman, McGuinn Hillman did one of my tunes that Jerry Wexler produced. I mean, I was, I've had some songs out there, but uh, but little by little, I, I, and I actually finally and after all, I think when I became uh, a father and realized I really had to, you know, pay my bills. <laughs> yeah. I had like little people in my life that, you know, little needed people. to eat, for example. <laughs> and, uh, and that's when I really started concentrate, realized that I could just hire out as a hired gun and sort of laid my, my solo career on hold. And, and for some reason, just, um, you know, that was my way to, to make it in this music business. Mm -hmm. Well, but I've, I mean, I've experienced you as, you know, when you've written, when those moments of inspiration have really landed on on you, and you you write from the heart, and you're writing because you love writing, you're not necessarily thinking about you know pitching the song or publishing or anything like that. But you're just you're being a songwriter in the purest sense. Like, tell us about those moments. I know I know that obviously in your life as a believer, that started to happen more and more when you got saved and all that. But yeah, um, and of course you've put me to shame when you first when you first moved to North Carolina. We're living with you know staying with us. I mean. Guy, what'd you write? A song a day? Oh, it was, I was living with you. You were my muse, man. That's what it was. Well, you, <laughs> you, you pick up my good all every day, and the next thing you know, there'd be some great song. And so I was like put to shame during that period of time because I wasn't even writing. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I hear so many things. I'm such a musical mutt. You know, I was always inspired by so many different styles. Uh, from, you know, just, you know, the blues, R&B, the early 
you know, Memphis, New Orleans, Muscle Shoals type of R&B, you know. And, um, and, but I loved good country. I loved Merle Haggard and I, but I loved the band and, you know, they were, who's better song, what's better songwriting than that, you know? And, and so I, I was always sort of a mutt, but the, I always sort of keyed into those sort of grooves, you know, when I drop into a, you know, you know, when I drop into something like that and you start going, or whatever, you know, I started dreaming again. You got me started dreaming. You know, I mean, I, I, I have to feel something. I, I, I never write. I've tried to write, say, man, I need to write a hit song. And then just everything sounds horrible and canned and cliched to me. And any more than saying I have to write a worship song and they sound horrible and canned and cliched. You know what I mean? I mean, 90% of the worship songs out there are, you know, it's like one, five, Oh, one, yeah, that's it. One, one five, five, six, nine, you four, know, eight. and, and you just start to realize where's the, you know, say we serve the most creative being in the universe. And sometimes we're the most plagiaristic, least creative people with the most cliches per, perverse, you know? And I, and I, did I just say perverse? That was interesting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> well, maybe, you know, yeah, well, yeah, but here's what's interesting to me, though, is that you have actually written like Hallelujah, We Adore You. That to me is a brilliant corporate worship song that that you wrote that I love it. You know, I still do it. And um, at our church and it's it's a good song. It's a really solid song. It's easy to sing. It's it's stately. It's got the big sort of church sound, you know, there's. But, um, it's funny. I wrote so that like, in my car yeah. in my head. I thought, you know, so actually, in a, not in real reaction, but I said I, I was driving home from Huntsville, Alabama, to Muscle Shoals with Janet, and we were in the car. And I remember because I said, "Please write this down." You know, just grab this idea, and and it's and we've been talking, saying, you know, so much is. It, it doesn't have any depth in it, you know. It's because, you know, we know the history. Back in the day, a lot of the hymns had a lot of theology in them or a lot of just, you know, real good lyricism because nobody was literate. They didn't know it for themselves. So if you sing, you know, you're going to learn right. stuff. And so I said, but where's the dynamic? Where's the all have sinned and fall? You know, and I sort of just heard this hymnody in my head right then coming from me, and mm -hmm. I just... Said, man, I better catch this. And actually, Janet jotted it down for me on an you know envelope or something in the car, you know. And by the time That's I great, came yeah. home, I pretty much had verse chorus. And uh, yeah, it's it's powerful, and it's you know it's the kind of melody that that feels good and it feels accessible. It feels like home, but it's not the predictable. Like to me, that's such a mystery where you have, like you were saying a second ago, the one five six minor four is so predictable, but yet there are some songs that have one, five, six, minor, four that have it, whatever it is. And I can't understand the difference. I mean, I can't well, understand I think how, you, how you analyze the difference some, between First can, of all, those chords are yeah. great because the average listener, they're, you know, it's an ionic scale. It's just a regular scale. If it starts on the minor, it's still, it's still a very, there are no wrong notes in a way in those four notes. So even an unmusical congregation wow. can find 
a place to land in one five six minor four. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. harmonically simple. Where you know if you go from a one to a, th a three major, right. you know all of a sudden you've got to have some musicality in a way. You know you've got to hear changes. You've got to have an ear. Well, some of the biggest, uh, I guess, worship songs anyway, like way back in the day. When I say way back in the day, I don't mean um, Isaac Watts yeah. back in the day. I mean, you know, Lord, I lift your name on high back in the day. Yeah. One, four, five, four, yeah, one, and it four, had, five. And it know? had an off chord, finally. You know, it had an off chord. You just have to figure out which the off chord, which off chord it was. And it did happen to be the six minor. Yeah. But um, now, how about your creative process? I mean, you mentioned you're in a car and this song happened, and Janet writes it down in an envelope. I mean, do you have any sort of system in place now, or, or what have you learned over the years that works best for you? I know it's different for every songwriter, yeah. but you know, in a lot of say? ways, I just try to grab what I think I'd like to say and figure that if it's valuable enough to me, that I'm not the I'm not so unique that I haven't experienced something that's, you know, that flows in the general human condition, you know, and that if I'm dealing with it, that somebody else would relate to it. You know, I don't write to mm -hmm. be all inclusive, but at the same time, I don't write to exclude anybody either. I, I write, I, I, if I grab something and say, this is a quality I so rarely sing about but talk about and feel all the time why not you know why shouldn't i discuss this whatever so you're 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 saying there like specifically like the content the lyrics the idea whatever you're yeah. communicating do you start there yeah or do you sometimes, sometimes i do start with the concept to say i want to walk out in front of a crowd of people which i have the good fortune to get to do you know because uh, of some of my notoriety, you know, I get to, let's say at a festival, you know, you walk out in front of a lot of people all at once. And what would you like to engage them? Where do you want the focus? What do you think's important? And to say, I just want to open my mouth and say, hallelujah. Well, that's great. It's been done before, but hallelujah what? <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, the Lord is great. La, 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 you know. You know, la, la, and la. so right. what I well, one thing that I'm sorry to interrupt you. One thing that comes to mind for you is uh, that I know about you is I've seen you in these places like where you're, you might be at a bar or at a place that's that's you know not a not a Christian event, quote unquote, right? And and, and you are doing songs that you've written that are like love songs that you and Janet have experienced, you know, something. And, and you're talk about that because I know that's a real powerful thing I know a lot of people have been yeah really I have a couple of that. songs that really work well out there in those environments you know uh, if I bring it down and do I'm listening or something man all the all the women in the room excuse mm -hmm. me come up to me afterwards and go oh my <laughs> god that song just made me cry or whatever and it's because you know I, I would say it's a general universal fantasy that women have that the man they love the most would listen to them, <laughs> you know, and I just yeah. wrote a song. Yeah. Janet's laughing in the background going fantasy, yeah. well-used word, you know, that, that, um, <laughs> that, you know, that it, it came out of conflict and, 
And I went back into the room and I said, I am listening. And I just knew that it was, you know, uh, a very valuable thing, you know, and that I probably wasn't the only guy who ever had conflict with the love of his life because she felt unheard or whatever. And to come back in and to slow down and say, I'm Mm -hmm. listening and not try to prove it and just listen. And, you know, and so if I do that in a, if, if I do that song in a club, it's amazing. Half the room will be slow dancing to it and not listening to the lyrics at all because it's a good feel. And the other half is crying, <laughs> which hmm. is really a good sign. You know, <laughs> I would like to uh, get that song into the hands of somebody who could maybe get it out there in front of a lot more people. Well, I like that song a lot. Uh, yeah, you're, you're hitting on something. You had, did you, so you had that concept, like you said, probably before you even had the, the, the musical oh, yeah. side. I mean, you, oh, I, didn't I mean, how, how, how it's funny. Did the music I went out to, to my once... room after that sort of little fight that we were having. And I said, okay, lately, baby, I've been thinking about everything you've said and all of your frustrations are running through my head. And it's hard to think I missed it, missed it by so much, but baby, you can help me now start getting back in touch. And I just went, I am listening. You can, Talk to me. I can hear you now. Can't you see? You know, that idea, I'm listening. Yeah. And, um, and I knew I was mm-hmm. on to something right then. You know, I just kept it simple. And the best songs to me aren't trying to be too complicated. You know, I mean, if you think of yeah. a great love song, I don't know what your era was, but when My Girl would come on the radio, I mean, I just couldn't help but want to dance with the one I loved. You know, it's still... Janet's in my song, you know, if they ever asked us on, you know, the newlywed game or whatever, you know, we'd probably get that one right, you know, and, um, and yet it's two musical ideas and one lyrical idea. It sticks to the point. He's talking about my girl. She's all these things, my girl. She's all these things, my girl. And I've got even more of that because she's my girl. You know what I mean? It's a very simple lyrical idea. And musically, it goes through two, you know, it takes you, it builds to a point and releases, and there's a musical idea, and then it modulates and comes right back to the initial musical idea. In a way, it's like the broke sense of sequence, theme, and variation. You know, it's a very simple... Uh, approach but it's timeless and so whether you're musically sophisticated some of the people I know that are super musically sophisticated love that song and other people that I know that can't play three Mm. chords love that song it's universal so I I honestly believe a lot of times you sit down as a songwriter and you want to hit them with your best shot with everything and a lot of songs I hear should be two songs two different songs or three songs Mm. because they're, the bridge is lyrically totally disconnected to me from the actual title of the song, or, or the bridge is musically so outside that it actually doesn't take me on a new journey and help me get back. It's not composition within the composition, or, or sometimes it's just all they do is leave a guitar solo and they want a solo, but the solo was so out of the the feel of the tune. It's like a guy's trying to show his chops or something. And then it comes back in and you're just glad to get back to the song because you were so distracted by the solo or whatever. I think that a lot of times you need to, people need to learn how to simplify. Right. That's good, man. Tell me, uh, as you were saying that, you know, one question I did have actually for you. Um, so, so someone's writing songs and they might have, they might come to you and they have this, this, this song and it's, 
like you're saying, it's probably three songs because they haven't figured out the composition factor, if you want to call it that, how to make that more successful in their writing. But um, I'm thinking of co-writing and how they might, a person like that might really be helped by sitting down with another songwriter who might be further along and they just kind of give them some advice. I mean, is that something you do? Do you co-write? Do you write with others? Do you show your I songs do. to other uh, yes. people? I do, yes. I've or? co-written uh, quite a few. And um, the main thing you have to get over, you have to actually, to me, get over the self-consciousness. You either got to be such a stone-cold pro you're just used to working that you get over the self-consciousness of rhyming or sitting there in the room and going, how about, you know, He's fed, sled, bed, said, you know, like to this series of, (laughs) you know, rhymes. And you just have to get over the self-consciousness of saying stupid things every now and then or saying something that you know isn't what you want. You know what I mean? Get over that. But quite frankly, I think co-writing, it's like cutting a track. You know, you can go into your work studio and program the drums or even play them yourself and then put a bass part on it, put an acoustic guitar part on it, play it, and actually come up with a very... There are people who make very good demos. But when you have three other guys on the track with you, there's generally a communication that happens that's so much richer. You know, there are now four souls responding rather than just one. And to me, you can almost Mm -hmm. always tell when it's one guy... Unless it's, you know, Stevie Wonder, who's just off the chart, unbelievable. But in general, Mm. it's great. (laughs) Even guys who cut their own demos when they go in the studio, they'll play a demo and say, this is how I hear it. You know, um, even guys like Larry Carlton, I mean, you know, the best in the world will still go cut a killer demo going and say, this is how I hear it. This is the melody. But they want some ownership in some conversation. And it's the same with a songwriter. A lot of times you have a blind spot. I've done a lot of demos for songwriters who come in and there's a part of the song that to me is so awkward. It stops the groove. It like, you can tell it's not a natural thing. And you'll say, you know, I wish we could go. Oh no, that's my favorite. You know, they've got some precious thing in it that they can't see because they're Mm -hmm. blind to the fact that, Actually, what they think is precious, the great point they're making is actually a groove killer or whatever. And you could say, well, Will, I'm just Mm. being subjective. Mm. I'd say, yeah, but I've played on thousands of demos. This is their first demo day, and they're Mm -hmm. immutable. This young songwriter, just the one thing they don't want to give up is the one thing that I hear is the most distracting part of the song or whatever. And so I think that writing with somebody else can be very helpful. It seems, yeah, I'm seeing that a lot more, it seems like, um, these days. I mean, in my world, I'm kind of in the church, uh, corporate worship world, and you just see, you know, four or five names on a song nowadays. Yeah, it's just, a lot of it is because yeah. somebody in that four or five is the one who is the in to the artist mm-hmm. that's going to get it published, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they want them in the room, even if they just change two words. And, you know, the idea that mm-hmm. it takes five people, and sometimes it's because in a worship environment, they're just sharing. They're just saying, hey, man, we all came up with that. That's great. This was, and it can be born yeah. out of a very beautiful night and a very beautiful experience. But 90% mm-hmm. of the time, honestly, it's born out of a corporate understanding that, you know, this is my access into the money. And so, you know, mm. it's the same in country music. You'll see three or four writers on a tune and almost always yeah. the, the artist because 
the artist wants publishing, and that's where the great game is. That's where the great war is. That's where you make the most money for the least amount of work, you know, if it's going to make money. And so there, there's a, there yes. is a lot of politicking going on. Mm. One of my goals in, in, in launching uh, the Christian Music Blog podcast and doing this is to encourage people who may not ever even be in that world ever in their life, but they want to learn how to write a better song just for themselves or for their family, or or maybe they'll present it to their worship leader at their church. Maybe it'll just bless their yeah. local church. You know, uh, what would you what would you say to someone like that who's Maybe they've they've written one song in their bedroom once, and they're just really insecure, and they don't know what to well, do. Well, you know, what first you of all, uh, as I the, the one thing we've touched on here that I really would love to make the point is that everybody's different. Everybody, yeah. you know, has different fingerprints. We all touch it differently. You and I could listen to the same music for the next five years and come out of a room and play differently because we're different, and that's great. And we would have similar influences. And we could joke and say we went to different mm-hmm. schools together. But the reality was is we each have a signature. And even mm-hmm. at the beginning, yes, it's great to learn. I always say there's sort of three stages in a way. There's, you know, sheer plagiarism. And then if you keep moving on and adding more of your ideas and learning and growing and studying yourself, you're going to enter into a stage where people would say, well, he's very influenced by and then if you keep playing and keep, you know, expanding your influences, but thinking, hearing what you are, too, hearing the melodies that you like, yeah, eventually people voice, will say, yeah. I heard somebody the other day that reminded me of you. And you start to develop your own individual thing. And I really encourage young folks, you are you. And don't think just like I'm saying, OK, this is this is what people sing to on Sunday morning, one, five, six, minor, four. Or six minor four one five, you know, or five six minor one yeah. four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you yeah. know, any mixture of that. Just hear if you hear a melody, and figure out what the chords are, and figure out if there are options underneath those chords. Do they? You know, could they? You know, could I start here with the? Instead of just on the one, should I start it with the three of the Just learn a little, you know. I mean, that had an old hymn thing to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, even as you're playing, I'm just struck with how important musicianship yeah. is. I mean, so someone that may not be as musical needs to team up with someone who's musical. Yeah. Perhaps, and or, I wouldn't be afraid if I were a young yeah. songwriter and say we are all so self-conscious, but you actually feel that you landed on something that's workable and you know maybe you haven't developed it completely, but get with somebody who's a better musician than you and say, well, what if we substituted this chord for this chord? Or, you know, we could do a, t- a minor chord or we could make it, you know, a four over a six or whatever. We could make a substitution mm-hmm. because the better musician, all of a sudden that substitution, your melody line seems so much, you know, brighter within it. And getting with somebody else who may not even be a writer, but you play the song for them and let them substitute a chord or two, you know, and all of a sudden they are yeah, a writer, you good. know. And, um, yeah. and to hear the melodies that yeah. you hear and to say things you want to say, don't just say the typical cliché things. You know, if you look at all 150 psalms, 
David said a lot more than hallelujah, you are good. You know, we praise your name. Oh, yeah. Oh, we could spend so much time on talking about all the different things that the Psalms touch on that the yeah, church like, doesn't really sing. Oh, God, you know? block I mean, their name from thy book, break their teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. and I, and this morning I'm dealing with some uh, some abandonment issues, so we're going to sing break their teeth, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but but to realize how vast the store of things that can be said are and to break out of the typical, well, this would be a good worship song. Well, maybe, or it might be the one millionth one that has those exact words in it, mm. you know, and I, you know what I'm saying? And I, yeah, I really yeah. encourage young folks to hear what they hear because again, they're not so different even in their shyness or in their amateur status that another human being hasn't felt the same thing they felt. And make it honest, you know, because let's face it, people can tell if you're honestly responding or not. I mean, that's the main thing. I've gone and seen blues yeah. guys, blues guys who play blues licks but weren't bluesy at all. And I've, you know what mm. I mean, but wow. they're great technicians. Yeah. And then, um, uh, honestly, it's true. Like I was once the uh, one of the uh, judges for the uh, you know for a blues contest, and there were got a bunch of guys who got up there and shredded, and didn't play a blues lick all night long. You know what I mean? In their entire pro, and they were technically way better uh -huh. than the guy I voted for, because he just got up there and felt yeah. so right, and it was so honest and. I went, this is how that guy plays. You know, this is awesome. The other guy was thinking, this guy's feeling, this guy's got heart. And I'm not saying to turn off your mind. That's good. But I am saying that be honest. Right. Yeah. That's very good. It's awesome, Will. Thank you, man. I know that really is going to encourage a lot of people because they don't know where to start. They're feeling all the insecurities. You know, they're just, just unsure. But I know that that will encourage them. Hey, I have a question for you. Just something maybe you could... Um, say right now that's working for you something that you may may have recently introduced into your songwriting or um, I don't know something right now currently that you're doing that you're totally actually what's loving. funny is I ended up hearing some stuff that I wrote 30 and 40 years ago and realized a lot of it was actually relatively sophisticated I was you know making interesting changes and and uh, and stuff and lately I've simplified so much that I feel actually I want to incorporate a little bit of, you know, more. Now, are you re are you referring to things, uh, some of your stuff back early, in the 90s, I'm thinking like early, early 80s. 90s that you recorded? Even some of the demos, okay. like I heard uh, something that I wrote that I first came to Muscle Shoals <laughs> in 1980 uh, from L.A. that I'd written out while I was working and living in L.A. in the late 70s. And I came down here and... And um, did a demo, and um, mm -hmm. and I listened to it, and I went, God, that was soulful, man, you know. And a lot of times, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it was young, and it isn't anything I'd write now. But I, I, and in a way, I was trying to cram a little bit of what I knew into things, you know. I, I was, you know, throwing in, mm -hmm. you know seven flat nines, you know what I mean? And just a couple of things like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Lately I've been so simple. I've been trying to just sit with my guitar 
and just pick it up and play the way I honestly like to play as opposed to playing to write a song, you know, and just say, okay, I'm going to write a song yeah. with that feel. You know, all of a sudden it just feels so good. And a lot of times just you'll say things and the onomatopoeia, you know, the, the, the percussion, mm-hmm. you know, not mm-hmm. truly onomatopoeia, but the percussion of the consonants already sort of dictates its own feel, you know what I mean? And you just find yourself yeah. going, that, 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 you know, and it's already got a thing to it. And uh, That's great. Hey, I know your 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 boys are playing yeah. in a band, Rob and Jamie, and then with Justin Holder. Um, do you have you ever? I'm just thinking of this now. Have Actually, you ever sat down and written with them before? We or, started or trying to get together uh, once a week, and it was very hard for us all to do that. But uh, the three of us, Jamie and Rob, and I have written a song, and uh, and awesome. I I love it. I I still do it live all the time, and I think it came out pretty good. Yeah. And uh, we all made contributions to it, every one Very of us. Very cool. And, uh, and so it felt great. Hey, this has been awesome. Thank you again. Where can people find you if, if they're listening to this and they, they haven't heard of you until this moment and they're like, man, i got to find out more about Will McFarland? Well, I where, actually where have go? a website that I haven't actually gone to now since I've moved back to Alabama, <laughs> which is a year and a half. But it was <laughs> set up and there, there is some music on it. And um, I don't know. I'm going to try to get some out and around there, you know. People tell me they do a Google search or a, or a YouTube thing and that I'm out there, you know. I've done a, a couple of mm-hmm. um, guitar lessons on, on YouTube uh, where I've got these little 30-minute, 30-second, cool. I mean, they're 30-second guitar lessons where, you know, I probably could have stopped. But we just went right through, bam, 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 and I'd show them look, just add this to your pentatonic scale and then add this and you can go to here and da 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 And just try to help people break out of a rut or something. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I know, yeah, you did that for me as a guitar player so many times. And, and actually, at some point, I do want to bring you back on the podcast where we can just talk about guitar playing because that, that is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Well, hey, man, thank you again. And um, so is that willmcfarland.com? Yes, it is. And McFarland's L-A-N-E. All right. Thank you again, man, for being on this with me and and helping me get this started. I know it's going to bless a lot of folks. It's my pleasure. Love you, Nate. Well, as you can tell, we had a great time in that conversation. Um, Will's a good friend, and we um, just had a good time talking there. I lived with Will for about a year when I first moved out to North Carolina, and um, he just had such an impact on me as a as a worship leader, as a guitar player, a songwriter, and um, as he has on many, many other guys. So check out christianmusicblog.com slash session four for the show notes and uh, if you, if you want to find out some links to his site and some more about him. So I hope to have him on again sometime. Maybe we'll even do a, a guitar tutorial in a, in a YouTube video or something. So um, christianmusicblog.com slash session four. All right, well, that is it for this fourth edition of the CMB Podcast. Um, I want to make sure that you guys know this is more than simply a podcast. So I want you to sign up on our email list. If you go to freemusicgift.com, pick up that gift, at the bottom of the page, you'll see a place to sign up. And we are a growing tribe of people of faith who are making music, who are discussing things related to being creative 
and honoring Jesus. We're partnering together to be on mission with Jesus in this world as we use music as a tool to bring glory to him, to spread his fame, to spread his name, setting the pace and setting new trends for for where music should be going. Music was created by God and for God. So that's what this is all about. And there's much more than just the podcast session. So make sure you visit freemusicgift.com, sign up for our list, and of course, pick up that gift, freemusicgift.com. In the next session of the CMB podcast, I speak with Noel Richards. I want to share with you the conversation that we had about worship leading and songwriting. He's written many well-known and well-loved worship songs, and we had a great conversation. So stay tuned for the next session of the CMB podcast with Noel Richards. Thank you for listening to the CMB podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.